Welcome to 24 Karis. I'm Kelly Johnson, founder of Karis by KJE. We are in for a new series that will be a treat for you. We're gonna be talking about inclusive leadership with an amazing panel of amazing leaders. So excited to be here with you today. So we have Chip Bond from Keurig Dr. Pepper, Ana Rodriguez from SMU, and Kamisha Mason from McCarthy Building Companies. So, and of course I have my partner, my colleague, Annalise Alamo. So thanks everybody. I'm really excited for the conversation that we're gonna have today. Um, we are gonna dive into inclusive leadership and we wanna just sort of set the stage of kind of your, tell a little bit about just your role um, and how inclusive leadership, how you define it. Like how, how do you think or come to this topic? Chip, do you wanna get us started? Sure. Um, I, I thought this was a great question and I think the first thing I want to say is, if you are not being inclusive, you aren't leading. And so kind of with, with that as a headline, um, to me, there are three pieces of being an inclusive leader that kind of link more to a personal philosophy uh, around be loving, be humble, and be hardworking. I think as a leader, when you apply that to a team, the loving piece is about you need to truly care and have compassion for the people on your team. The humility part is really making sure that you're checking yourself in terms of not projecting what you think that your team members want. Truly ask them questions, like have an understanding of what are their goals? What are they trying to achieve in life? And then from a hard work standpoint, you need to be their advocate. Creating opportunity for the people on your team is one of the foundational components of being a leader. And so if you aren't doing that, you're missing, you can do the first two, but you're, you're, you're not providing the full range of support that you could. Well, so good. So okay. we're just going right in and I love it. This is amazing. If you're not being an inclusive leader, you're not leading. That just, I love it. Yes. All right, Anna, what would you add? No, I completely agree. I think so much of it is is external, right? So it's not about who you are, it's about how you um, serve others. And so for me, inclusive leadership is leading with intention um, and with purpose, right? So making sure that you are um, being cognizant of others, but also very welcoming. And I think that's the biggest part and where there's some confusion around inclusion because there's the word diversity oftentimes goes with it. And so people think, well, if I'm not of a certain um, demographic that it doesn't apply to me, but when the whole definition of inclusion is for, for it to be welcoming to everyone. So I think as Chip said, we all play a part. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Well, they're not leaving very much left for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would agree with everything that's been said so far. I, I think what's, what inclusive leadership means for me is really understanding the whole person. Um, there's so much of ourselves that people understand about who we are at work. Uh, I know what each person on my team does in terms of their function but it's important for me to also know who they are as an individual. What are their hobbies? What do they like? What's their family situation? To the extent that they're willing to share, right. because who we are all day is also the person that we are at work. And when I forget to acknowledge that, I've also failed to be a leader. There's so much of our personal context that comes into work that impacts how well we show up. And I need to know, I need everyone around me to know that bringing that whole self is important. Yeah. 
So I want to double click on something you said, Kamisha, because I know your role is within the diversity, equity and inclusion space. So clearly you live it personally and mm -hmm. for your organization. Absolutely. But can you speak to the person who says, hey, I just want people who are going to do their job. I don't need to get to know you. I don't need to know about your family situation. Like speak to the person that just sees like that that's not important. I would, I would honestly challenge that person on that perspective. When we walk into the office and you step inside of a break room, most people are talking about how their weekend went or what game they went to or um, perhaps what they bought their mom for Mother's Day this week. And that is all elements of who an individual is. And into Anna's point about what we really think about when we think about diversity, all of those things are different elements of what diversity really means. And understanding that and allowing that person to show up, the, the individual that is saying is, I just want people to work, that's not true. Because they spend time in the break room, at a desk, People feel better when they have a work best friend, like just the statistics show that. So when you have someone that you can relate to, you show up and you perform better. And I can, I would be certain that an individual that felt that way also wants to have that relationship at work. Work is so much about relationship. And if I may add mm -hmm. to that, I think another part of it is not even just looking at, you know, I think it's more giving the invitation that it's okay to share or to be authentic. And I think that's part of what a lot of um, people miss is the fact that there are people that are, if you're working so hard to suppress part of you, right, to, to really not, not stand out because you may be the only woman, the only person of color. So when you're working so hard on, on trying to cover that part of you, wearing a mask almost, then you're not able to focus on your work, right? I'm not giving 100% of myself to my job if you know I'm repressing things. I'm only giving 80 or 90%. So in addition to you challenging them, I would also say it's also gonna affect productivity overall. Mm -hmm. Because if you have people that are so focused or they just don't feel comfortable sharing or being themselves, whether they wanna share or not, that's not really the point. The point is if they're not able to really be themselves, and they're focusing part of their energy on that, then you're not getting the most efficient, the most productive employee. And I think overall, that's what companies care about, right? And so I just think it's, it's important not just to see it from the lens of, um, it's just so important for us to be welcoming and, and, and inclusive of everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I think the, not a ton to add, but I say to my team explicitly, we are people, not work robots. On a, on a regular basis. And I, I, honestly, the reason for that is if we're playing pretend and, and acting like there is not something that exists outside of work, um, you won't have employees for long because they, they will realize that by suppressing everything or neglecting other parts of their lives, that this job doesn't fit in the grand scheme of things and, and they're, gonna, they're gonna eventually look for a change. And I'd rather be able to create longevity, continuity, and give give folks a feeling that they have a future in this role and it fits with their lives. Yeah. I think what you all are saying is so important. And thankfully, you know, it's 2023 and we are having more conversations about the importance of mental health, mm -hmm. um, overall well-being. Uh, but I would also say right now we, we hear a lot about burnout. Um, and I think burnout is associated with how much, not just the work itself, right? I think all of us work hard, all of us try to give kind of the extra incremental effort, but burnout to me comes when mentally and emotionally, I'm also having to spend energy in a way that 
isn't necessarily about only the work, right? It's the, the amount of energy that I need to find, dig deep and tap into to navigate a difficult conversation or engage a colleague who's not very collaborative, right? Who is territorial or, you know, just some of the other dynamics and, and or working for a leader who doesn't recognize or see me for some of the circumstances that I may have going on in my personal life. So anyone just wanna maybe speak to kind of the burnout issue and maybe how inclusive leadership could play a role in counteracting that? Yeah, there's a concept that when I was at Boston Consulting Group, they taught when you do your first training on becoming a project leader and they, they try to make the distinction between you stress and distress and what they point out is that stress can be motivating if you feel equipped to handle the challenge that you've got in front of you. Part of being equipped to handle it is feeling like your team or your, your leader is supportive of you being in that position and they have an understanding of what it is you're trying to do and they've got your back. Distress is when you don't feel like you're prepared or equipped. And I think that, that is what brings it back to inclusive leadership for me. You know, don't create opportunity for your teams by throwing them to the wolves or pretending you don't care. Be very intentional about, I'm putting you in this position because I know you can handle it. Here's the reasons why. Mm -hmm. And I have your back if you have questions. Yeah, so good. There's a couple of really important things that you hit on around um, burnout and inclusive leadership, especially around collaboration. Uh, so much of what is needed from an inclusive leader is the ability to share the right amount of information at the appropriate amount of time, giving every individual the opportunity to excel at the work that they're doing. And so if the work that I'm doing requires the input or the partnering from another individual and that's being blocked, of course it's gonna increase my level of burnout because I have these tactical things that I have to get done. And one of the things that I really love about our culture is that we really focus on the big we and not the I. Um, and, and when that returns itself, when we start looking at holistically, this project isn't about what I need to get done or what my team needs to get done. It's about what our company needs to grow and we're all invested in that growth. When we do that, we're, we're headed in the right direction. When that breaks down, that collaboration goes away, that timeliness goes away, it puts everyone in a position where you're, you're spinning out and it's not healthy. And you talk about um, what that means from a mental health capacity standpoint, um, the, the workload just continues to increase. If one thing we learned from COVID, we, we learned how to quickly pivot and we learned how to stack meetings and we learned how to be a million places at one time if we're not being inclusive and still going back to that whole person understanding that your last minute um, decision to no longer be collaborative or to burn up my time that I really needed with my family so that I could refresh and come back at 110% tomorrow, it goes back to what we said, it, it breaks down the effectiveness of what we're trying to do as a company and our strategy and our goals. It also arose who I get to show up as as a person. Yeah. So Anna, I want you to maybe take this in a little bit of a different perspective because you sit in a role today with SMU Cox um, School of Business, the Latino Leadership Initiative Program. So you get to interface with hundreds 
of organizations. I would love to just have you maybe kickstart us on a conversation of what's the impact of an inclusive leader in an organization? How have you seen organizations who are committed to building inclusive leaders, supporting leaders? Um, what's the impact on a broader level? Oh, it's 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 huge. I mean, it's it's really there's so many different studies that show that diversity or companies that value diversity um, are more competitive, right? And so specifically with what I do with my role in working with companies to help them attract, retain, and develop these high-performing Latino leaders, it really comes down to there's a business case for it. So absolutely, it's the right thing to do. But I think overall, the case has definitely been made that companies are more competitive and they're more profitable, which ultimately that's what companies really should look at. But when you when you think about how companies that are behind, not only are they um, just less efficient, less productive, but also they're losing people. And that's one of the biggest things is that in being inclusive benefits everyone, not just the, the, the minorities, right? And so I think whenever you do have that type of welcoming environment, um, it, you can tell, and especially with companies with a high turnover, um, companies that are always looking to just bring in new talent versus promoting from within, I think that really does make a huge difference. And so when companies look at where they should be investing their HR, their talent development, I mean, it makes more sense for them to develop um, their internal talent versus going out to try to find you know, a minority VP, right, versus someone that they've grown from within their ranks. So I think for companies, it's a no-brainer. And, and um, those that companies that are paying attention are definitely profiting and making sure that they are inclusive are the ones that are going to win in the end, especially when you think about the demographics of this country and how quickly it's changing as well. Um, and so I just think it's, it's, there's going to be a lot of companies that either um, go away or just get stuck behind the times because of the fact that they don't have that type of inclusive environment. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. So we're actually getting close to wrapping up this particular part of our conversation. The time is totally flying because you all are just having a great conversation and giving us so much insight and perspective on this important topic. Um, I would love, Chip, to just hear your voice and Kamisha about impact of inclusive leadership. You know, how, are, how have you seen it, uh, maybe from leaders that you've worked with or even perhaps on your team, the teams you lead? Yeah, I think the best example I've seen is from leaders that I have had. They, you know, I, I have worked for a couple of individuals, and, I, and I'm, I'll use a, a, a example to paint a color picture of this. Both of these leaders, because of faith reasons, don't drink alcohol, mm. but they were on they were leading teams where that was a unique kind of perspective on on life, and it's it's actually an incredibly impactful thing when you see someone in that situation still be intentional about going and spending time with the team when the team is doing you know social events or outings where it would be very easy to feel like oh they don't want to hang out with us because of fill in the blank they think x or y or z when you see a behavior turn that on its head and demonstrate the desire to build trust, build relationship, and be together. That you know, that starts to get at the root of what it feels like for someone to be inclusive, and get be and and dispel any suspicion about what they think yeah. of the other folks on the team. Uh, and so, those have both been incredible teams to be on. That's such a great example, right? And something that happens 
often, right? Teams get together um, socially outside of work. I know, you know, we kind of had to relearn how to do that during the pandemic. Um, and some of that's starting to come back. But I think that's a great example of a leader being authentic, true to their values, mm-hmm. but still building relationships with individuals who have different perspectives and different um, kind of life choices. So I love mm-hmm. that. Kamisha, what would you add? I would say, again, using the same examples of leaders that I've been around, but what I've seen the impact of is the leaders that are not afraid to challenge in the moment. Um, This is the season where we're starting to begin the talent review process, and I've heard really strong leaders talk about, as you're going through a group of talent, there's always um, these instances where perhaps women in construction might be compared to men in construction, and Some of those women are making choices about family, and inevitably that may come up in talent review. And those individuals that have been willing to challenge and say, yeah, so what? She's starting a family. Is anything changing? Is is she ready? Are you you developing her the way that she needs to be developed for whatever's next? And turning those conversations on their head right there in the moment, nudging backwards is not intentional. Intentional It's an unconscious bias of folks believing that because you're in that season of your life that that means your work is going to take a back seat. But those leaders who pause for a moment and say, no, this individual is ready for this next new amazing challenge and we're not going to allow personal decisions to impact the great work that we know that this person can do. We're going to make sure that they get to that next spot. That is not only inclusion, but equity and play at the same time. That's such a great example. And I love, we're gonna actually pick up on kind of that courage and that in the moment like what's needed of inclusive leaders when we come back uh, for the next conversation. So you all have been great already providing such foundational and really important understanding of what inclusive leadership is, kind of how you personally define it, how you've seen it in your own careers. And then I think even more importantly, what's the impact, you know, collaboration, managing burnout, really making sure that there's um, equity in our decisions and authenticity. So the financial return, you all hit it all in a really quick right. amount of time. So Annalise, I'm sorry we didn't get you're, to your question. Right. I am learning as I am listening. Yes. Um, so this has been great. We are so appreciative of what you all are already sharing. So this has been another amazing episode of 24 Caras. Make sure that you come back because we're going to continue this conversation with this fantastic panel of inclusive leaders who are doing great things in their organizations. As always at 24 Caras, our goal is to help you live your commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion 24-7. And I hope that you will like, share, and subscribe this episode. Share it in your organizations. If you want to help build a culture of inclusion in your organization, um, our guests are sharing a lot of great wisdom um, that can help change your culture, strengthen your culture. Until next time, we'll see you soon.